And hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Cultural Hall. It is an Articles of News episode and uh, doing something new. Uh, if you follow us over on Facebook, you can check us out, uh, facebook.com forward slash The Cultural Hall. Nobody uses the URLs for their Facebook page, and that's a, that's a crying shame. Um, going to do this live, so who knows how long this will actually go as we start this at the time that I said we would start this. It's just me. So coming on uh, the heels of a five-conference session, general conference weekend, and uh, people are more than welcome to leave comments. I think that as I'm using this new software, as you make comments, I'll be able to see them. So let me know if you're listening and where you're listening from. You can also let me know if you've got a temple uh, where you live or in and around where you live. We'll probably talk a lot about the temple tonight, not about the temple ceremony, obviously itself, but about the fact that uh, 17 new temples were announced. Uh, I'll announce and introduce you to all of them as they make their way here uh, into this stream later. But it won't just be me pontificating for the next hour or so. Uh, should be joined by a few guests, likely. Uh, Going to be joined by uh, Rachel Hunt Steenblick. Looking forward to talking to her. She's in China, so I have no idea if it's today or tomorrow. Uh, but she'll be joining us. Uh, Sean Rapier uh, from over at uh, Latter-day Lives. He's watching and he says he really dug conference this weekend. I'm glad to hear it, Sean. Uh, I would be curious as to what your favorite part were uh, of conference. Uh, Ken, one of our uh, Patreon subscribers of the Cultural Hall, says, listening from Oregon, but from Indiana, uh, he is the uh, host of the Chocolate Cake Bites podcast, which you hear mentioned at the end of every episode of the cultural hall. And actually, if you want to take a little deep dive and I know if Sean or Ken uh, can point me to it, uh, Sean and Ken and I, we did a fireside on one of these, uh, you know, like l the living turtle. What is it called? You guys, what is that thing called? I can't remember, but they'll let me know. We can tell uh, folks about that. And it's my friend, Al, Al Fox Caraway. How are you, Al? Oh, and I can't hear you. So this is going to be one of those fun things where I figure out how I think I got it. There we go. Can now you hear I, me? Yeah. Can you hear me now? How about now? How about Hello. Now? Hello. Let me, let me ask you, uh, Al, where are you living? I don't want address because people get creepy with the internet and Come all. Come on but over! <laughs> but what city are you living in? Rochester, New York. You're back in New York? Yeah. Okay. I feel <laughs> I feel like... When when I when I sort of stalk you a little bit online, I'm like, she's in Arizona. No, New York. No, New York was not the thing. And then Arizona was the thing. No, Utah. She's gonna try Utah for a hot minute. No, that wasn't it as well. But but New York is the calling right now. Yeah, we've moved somewhere new every year for the past nine years, and uh -huh. this is the longest we've ever lived anywhere, and it's been a year and a half. So well, congratulations. <laughs> If, if people want to take a real deep dive uh, into the uh, the dark, dark parts of the cultural hall, I think the first time that you were on with me, you had just barely met your husband or you were on your way to like go meet your husband or go on a we date with your husband. We were just barely dating him. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So that, that's how long nine, we've been around. Nine years ago. <laughs> 
Uh, Sean Rapier reminds me it's called Our Turtle House, and I'll try and put a link in the show notes with this episode uh, so that people can check that out. We did a fireside. Have you ever done one of those? One of the Our Turtle never House? I've never heard of it. Oh, yeah, I have. Our, Our Turtle House? Yeah, you have. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You've done the circuit. You do the firesides. Do you still do it, or are you doing the family thing right now? Family? Yeah. I, I Yes, I speak all the time. I am so grateful for Zoom. Uh-huh. I'm not traveling so much. I'm super selective for in-person because our airport is so small. So for me to go anywhere and speak in person, I'll be gone for like three days to speak yeah. for an hour. So I like Zoom and I'm speaking still. Yeah, speaking still. So when they have it on Zoom, is it like, is everyone else somewhere else like convened, congregated together and you're just sort of, you appear that way? Yep. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so obviously Al is going to be joining us. Uh, Rachel Hunt Seablex, she's finding a quiet place in her home uh, in order to be able to join us. Uh, Maui Bonner is in Brazil. So he said, I'm iffy. I'm iffy if I'm going to be able to make it. Uh, and Stephen Cap Perry uh, messaged me earlier today and said, not not feeling well. I'm out. So Al, it may just be you and I. Okay. I got that- jokes. Yeah, I got jokes. Well, see, that's the good thing about New York time is everyone is still sleeping already. So, <laughs> so uh, general conference weekend, I guess let's pick it up. Is there one one particular thing? I think we'll probably go through the, maybe session by session. Who knows how we'll do this? Um, but one either overarching theme where you're like, oh, man, this is really what we're talking about or something that you took away that you're like, that struck me. That was that was my one thing from this conference session. You know, I actually feel so severely unqualified to have this conversation because I'm not someone who sits there and takes a whole lot of notes. I'm a multitasker. Uh-huh. And a lot of the the thing that I have learned that is most helpful for me, there are a lot of times where I don't recognize God in the ways that I want to. I don't feel him, see him, hear him. And so what I have learned um, by recognizing God, um, by by paying attention to how I feel more than what I am listening to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There have been a lot of times with church or with conference or with any, or the temple, with anything, reading scriptures, the temple, where I'm like, I did not get the answer that I wanted. (laughs) And then like, what are you left with? You know what I mean? You're left with disappointment and you're left with hurt. And then the the adversary comes in and he exploits those feelings. And he's like, well, you didn't hear what you wanted because he's not there. He doesn't care. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, so I, with how I approach life in general was a shift of how do I, get rid of these limits that I ignorantly put on God of how I feel him and how he speaks to us. If I'm not getting what I want, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I learned that I'm better with multitasking. I'm better laying on the floor, playing with my kids while, while it's on and not note taking. So I won't have too many references to specific things. Like I'm sure a lot of people would, but, um, Yeah, I realized that all good things come from God, including feelings. Oh, look, she's here. Hey, Rachel. Hello. Happy to be here. Great to to have you. We'll kind of introduce you. We're just wrapping uh, with what, Al, you're saying, you just feel like it's kind of, that you just kind of feel it? 
go on sorry to interrupt with that well right because because sometimes we say if we're not getting what we want if we're not hearing what we want we don't get that one answer that we were focused on we say that god is not there or he does not care or he's not listening or what the heck and all of that was uh-huh. in vain and so uh-huh. i've learned to remove these restrictions of how he comes to me and how he answers me by recognizing that all good comes from god um, which means feelings. So I focus on feelings. Uh, well, yeah, good. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that a lot, Rachel. We so we we are just kind of talking about uh, to kind of onboard this whole conversation. Is there something that uh, that as you were able to partake of conference, either watching or reading or d- the different things that that you're like, well, that's my that's my one takeaway. If I had to pick away one takeaway from this weekend's general conference, is there something that kind of struck you? Yeah, so first I'll tell you that I, um, I'm i in China. I mm-hmm. live in China. And so my time zone is so different than the U.S.-Utah time zone. But my Saturday, like, so the, the women's session Saturday night that started at 6 p.m., that was my 8 a.m. on Sunday. So I woke up in time for that, but I missed all of Saturday morning, all of Saturday afternoon. So after um, my Sunday in China, I did go back and listen to most of the Saturday sessions. But the only one that I was able to catch live was the woman's session. And that was the one that I was, um, I was like really interested in hearing what was said specifically from the apostle about Heavenly Mother. Uh-huh. So I, I had known beforehand that there was likely a talk coming. And I felt really prepared to even have a strong idea of who the speaker might be and what might be said. And it was almost word for word what I was expecting. Um, but personally for me, that was a hard talk. Like it was personally painful for me because of the history. Um, so that was the one that struck me the most. But the talks, like the talks that I loved were Kieran's talk and then Gong's talk. Sure. I'm um, from a Saturday. Like the parts, like this sounds so silly, but the ones like talking about Jesus were the ones that like meant the most to me. And then Kieran talking about the way that Christ could heal. Um, and specifically talking to people who suffered abuse or like hard things in life that it's not their fault. They're like really, really loving, compassionate, like really powerful ways. And then Gong's talk about um, a living family tree of roots and branches mm-hmm. and these ways that we can turn our hearts to our family, that they can turn our hearts to us. was really powerful to me as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, I think it's interesting in conversations that I've had since the women's conference last night, uh, if you're in the online, um, do we still call it the blogosphere for the LDS? Do we still do we still call it so that? I think yesterday I called it the blogger knuckle, but it's not even blogs anymore, so much as Instagram. So I don't even know what the new name is, but I okay. also referred it to it as that. Yeah. So I so I said that out loud, and then I was like, man, I felt dated within it. But if people aren't sort of inundated with the the online. Um, in and around the LDS church, I think a lot of people didn't know that there was so much excitement towards the women's women's session. Right. And, um, and, and to, I, I guess to walk this back even further, I, it was about three weeks or four weeks ago that there was some conversation that it's like, Hey, there might very well be a conversation uh, or a talk about heavenly mother within, within the women's session. And then a lot of people speculated and a lot of people got really worked up and we didn't know, and then, you know, it, it finally happened. And, and if we're being completely candid, knowing that there would probably be something about it is part of the reason why I wanted to have you here, Rachel. For people who don't know, um, Rachel has has not only been here in the cultural hall with us before talking a lot about her history and, and the things that she's done uh, 
in and around the church, but also you've written a lot about Heavenly Mother, focused a lot, studied a lot on Heavenly Mother. And so I'm I'm curious, um, you know, you mentioned that it hurt you, the, the talk hurt you. Like, what do you do with it now? I think that's a, an interesting point because I've heard also online today a lot of people talking about Elder Oaks's talk, and maybe we'll get into a little bit of that. But but when and it doesn't have to be any of these people. It could be something else that someone else said. But like when you when you're hearing something, and it it it's a hard thing to hear. It hurts you. You you don't know what to do with it. Like what do you do with that now, Rachel? So yeah, I think that like I'm not alone in having a conference talk hurt me or have something painful. And I think like our LGBTQIA like members of the church have experienced this probably much more than me. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, like, and I don't know, I don't think there's a perfect answer. Like there are things that I plan to do for myself. Um, for me, like part of the thing that hurt is knowing the history that it, the last time that we had a talk that said like women shouldn't pray to Heavenly Mother was Gordon Beasley in 1991. Um, and in that talk, he explicitly said that he had said them in training meetings first. So then he comes to general conference said like, I had said this in a training meeting, I'm going to read from this talk. He talks about Heavenly Mother a lot, but just to say we can't have this communication relationship with her. Mm-hmm. And then the excommunication started after this. So for me, like, I do feel fear that excommunications could follow. I do feel fear that it could become a thing that members please each other about. Or that if someone is interested in learning more, that, like, that it could be a way that people hurt each other in the church, like rather than an open invitation to say like, this is what we know right now. Like we are trying to learn more or we want to learn more. And I did like write a post that I wish, I think that there was a way to even say like, we don't think people should pray to Heavenly Mother. That's respectful to those who want to, to say like, we can pray about her or we can pray to feel her love Mm -hmm. or we can pray, like encourage us to seek personal revelation and say like, we are trying to get revelation for the church. Um, But for myself, like I shared like, I think I plan to keep, my own prayers are actually, like, really Mormon. They mostly, start, like, start, Dear Heavenly Father or Dear God. Mm-hmm. But it's, but it's so, like, that's not even, like, the thing for me. It's just, like, knowing this history of how it's been used before. And then after Gordon B. Inglis, it was 24 years before he- Mother in Heaven was set in conference again. Um, Elder Holland, in his talk, Behold Thy Mother, in 2015, like, the same month the gospel topic essay came out, but just before it, um, that is when... Like that broke the 24 year silence. So I just don't want there to be a 24 year gap again. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we're in a different place because we have the gospel topic essay. We have the BYU studies essay that I worked on. Um, there's so much like beautiful art being made about Heavenly Mother. Um, my poems as well as many other poems in writing. So I don't think that we can go back to where it was before. Um, so, but I plan to keep doing the same thing that I've been doing, like probably reading and writing poems, like appreciating the art, trying to learn more, pray more for myself. Um, pray for soft hearts for the leaders to have this um, desire to learn more as well, and even have this compassion and understanding for those who seek her. Um, but even like one of the things that I also shared on my personal Instagram was like, I just remember being a missionary in California and like having there be like relief society activities where people would like make, um, like make like print, like kind of cheesy principles of like the family proclamation or like mass or like frames to like put up in their house. Mm-hmm. And not that I want to say like the gospel topic because it's not canonized, but I had a really good idea that the apostle who spoke about it would say like this is all we have, and that is what he said. So I feel like okay, if this is what we have that he's saying, this is what the church thinks we know, then we should know it. 
So I, I just like kind of made a quip about how like we should hang this in our house. So I asked if any like graphic designers wanted to take this song and make like a cute version. And literally the next, I like did it when I went to sleep in China. The next day I woke up with my inbox full of like wow. lots of different versions of this. So like this sounds cheesy, but I think it's actually a good idea that we should know what the document says. And even like there are footnotes. So if he's saying like this six paragraph essay is all we know in Heavenly Mother as a church, like rather than individuals, like the BYU studies article is a footnote. Like we can also, like if this is what we know and it's pointing to these other things, we should study these other things. So I feel like there are channels within the church that are faithful that we can still pursue. Um, so these are some of the thoughts and feelings that I've had, like for yeah. myself of what I plan to do going forward. I would be curious to you, Al. Uh, I mean, it isn't your life's work studying Heavenly Mother as it is for Rachel, but you are a woman, uh, and and so the like a connection to a Heavenly Mother is different. I think for a woman to a Heavenly Mother than a man to a Heavenly Mother. Don't let me stumble over my words. I'm just saying I think it there's the representation in deity is what a lot of people really appreciate within a Heavenly Mother. What like wh- where do you how do you feel about? the whole thing (laughs) i i can't speak to specifics because that was the only part of conference that i hadn't watched Mm -hmm. (laughs) so i can't say this is what was said and that was how i said because i i the last thing i would ever want to do or anyone should do is tell anyone how they should feel and what is wrong and was right but what rachel said is there's no way we can go backwards there's not I don't believe that could happen. There are too many people drawn into this in beautiful ways for it to ever retreat. And I think that is something worth celebrating and exploring. And when people feel a pull in any way, I just, for me, when I feel a pull or a reoccurring thought or a reoccurring feeling, I I feel like that's like my soul bringing me to explore it more and grow into that. And so when people feel that pull and the desire and the love, like that's something to grow into in a beautiful personal way. So I can't say, yes. Yeah. yeah. So I can't speak on the, the talk. I didn't, that's the only, I can't, but yeah. that. But, but, but I, I think it does bring up an interesting point because, um, you know, as we sort of brought up, like people, people can be hurt about anything. People can um, can have these things, and I think being able to support other people um, when they're feeling pulled in a, in a particular direction, or they have something that uh, that they hear from the pulpit, and they go, "Oh man, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to sit with that for a minute and be able to to feel." It. I, I I think there's a valuable discussion to be had around how we can support those people. And you guys, look who's joining us from. Is it Brazil? Are you down in Brazil, Mally? No, I didn't go. I got sick. Uh, not COVID, I hope, right? COVID. Are you serious? <laughs> I know. Yeah. I, I feel like no one gets it anymore, at least not here in Utah, right? We're all open. Everyone is, even if you <laughs> yeah. don't know the person next to you, you're kissing them just because it's not a pandemic anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you got and you got it. But you're I out know. in California, right? I am. I am. Nice. Are you feeling okay? I am, actually. Not bad. Uh, how, how long ago uh, were you diagnosed? The day before I was supposed to leave. So Thursday. Thursday? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad that I can't breathe the air that you're because yeah. you're still technically contagious right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> um, we were just talking about if there was one thing that you kind of took away from this conference, 
mm. either one thing that you're like, man, I'm going to have to study or man, that was the, that was the thing I was looking for or whatever a one thing might be. Is there one thing from this conference that, that you wanted to talk about? E. Um, it, it, it was, it was really good. I, I had to listen uh, a couple of times to, to some of the things I think, I think I wasn't ready to receive some of the messages. I think I had like some of my walls up on certain issues. And so um, what I did take away was that I think it was elder Neil Anderson. Um, I, uh, he was talking about uh, that it, sometimes the church doesn't respond to things, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and they, and then he related it to Christ sometimes didn't respond to things or whatever else. And uh, the first time through, I really didn't like hearing that, you know, I'm like respond to it, man, you know, yeah. and, and then uh, second time hearing it, what it did for me was I heard his message where it's like, take it to the Lord. You know, I need to stop depending on um, the leaders of the church and to, to fix what's been said or done, you know, cause uh, I, I think I'll be left wanting. And so I need to take that to the Lord and then take my own journey and stop depending on them to um, apologize for this or clear up that or, you know. And so even though I don't think that that was his point, maybe, but that was a big takeaway for me. I was able to offload some of the baggage I was carrying and left wanting, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty powerful. And it's interesting with each of the takeaways that we've all kind of shared within this and knowing what I know uh, personally about each of you to know that like we all could sit down and be able to watch the same talk and what you'll glean is different from what Rachel will glean and different from what Al will, will glean and, and, and so unique in, in the way that we can be able to all come and it can all be for all of us in such, such, you know, different ways. I, my takeaway, this has never happened to me at, um, at general watching general conference ever. I had a first time in 42 years, uh, being a member of the church. I cried uncontrollably cried, could not stop crying, was supposed to go do something else, start crying. Um, and it was with the, the temple announcement. And here's the deal. <laughs> I, I, I was, I wasn't like, I, I wasn't anticipating anything and had been like, you know, supplicating the Lord to be like, please let them, you know, have a temple in this particular town. But I served my mission in Cleveland, Ohio, one of the 17 places where <laughs> a, a temple was announced. And the second that they did that, my eyes gushed and I just sat there and heaved sobbed for for honestly, and I'm not exaggerating. 10 to 15 minutes and all of the different people that I had taught on my mission came through my mind and the different places and the different times that I, you know, felt the spirit and all this. And I just sat there in a messy, sobby wasteland of, you know, first time experience from general conference. And I, it, it was amazing because after that I had friends who were really excited that they got an Austin temple, but I literally heard nothing. They, he said Cleveland, Ohio. And then it was like sob tears, Life stopped for 15 minutes as I just had that just <laughs> amazingly powerful experience thinking about all the people that I got to serve about. And I was like, okay, there's still something in there. I'm not completely dead inside. I'll take that. I'll, I will take that. And, and, you know, maybe that's something to glean from and, 
and mean from that whole thing. Oh, maybe I'm dead inside then because <laughs> I like, I just, I'm not much of an emotional person. I don't feel overwhelmed with emotion rarely ever. And a lot of the time when I listen or hear something like conference or church, in my mind, I'm thinking of, well, run, writing about it. Uh-huh. <laughs> How could I? Because the thing about writing and being online, as I think a lot of us will know, is we have to be mindful of everyone who's going to read it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So when anything is said, I think about all of my friends who are struggling with this and who believe in that and who are doing this. And in my mind, I almost feel like I can't feel for myself because I know even if I like something, I know that that hurts someone specific that I'm close with or, you know, or you know what I mean? Like I can't mm-hmm. fully enjoy it for myself because I'm so overwhelmed with um, my following and knowing their struggles and their questions. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I'm like watching this and I'm like, okay, so I know how people are going to react to that. And that makes me feel this way. And how can I like try and bridge gaps of divisiveness and bring them back to Jesus? Like, how can I make them, you know what I mean? So I can't Mm -hmm. listen to this and be like, oh my gosh, I just received revelation in my personal life. And it was beautiful because I'm sitting there thinking like, okay, if I wanted to write about this to help someone who's hurting, how could I do it to bring everyone together? And then I know they're feeling this way. And then my whole mind is just, that's how my whole mind was that all weekend, all weekend. Do you, do you, do you get an opportunity? And if this is too personal, uh, tell me to just, you know, shut up, but do you get an opportunity to absorb it for yourself personally? Yeah. So what I, my, yes. But it's not often that I receive something personal, like in the moment as I'm listening to it. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, nothing big or emotional ever comes to me unless I get angry. That comes pretty yeah. fast, I guess. But <laughs> um, reoccurring thoughts is is how things, that's how God speaks to me. If, if, if anything comes back more than once, I want to pay attention to it. So if there's a thought I want to explore, a saying or someone's feelings or a reaction that keeps coming back. Like that is something that I will spend my time in to see what is going to grow from that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so it's usually something I write around, uh, uh, like a lot of the reoccurring things that kept coming back to me, regardless of my reactions and other people's reactions was uh, two words, more, more Jesus. I yeah. think a lot of the hurt and the pain and the confusion can, can be helped with, with more Jesus. Yeah. Talking you know, about him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Al brings up an interesting point, Rachel, and I bet that you experienced this because there was that anticipation of this speaking about Heavenly Mother. There are you and about three other people that I can think of that within the church, when we think Heavenly Mother, that it's synonymous in that, you know, that you would have a reaction, that you would have words to say. I'm not synonymizing you with Heavenly Mother. Although one day, Rachel, one day, uh, when the talk happens and then everyone is waiting with bated breath to hear what you say, to, you know, read what you type when, you know, your reaction, all that, knowing that, that likely there was going to be some sort of talk and that the anticipation of so many people kind of hung on your words, whether written or spoken, like, what did, what did you do with that tremendous responsibility? So first off, say I don't have anywhere close to the number of followers as Al, but my <laughs> follower count on Instagram did double in the last like three weeks from like 3,000 to 6,000. Um, so there are like, so I knew that there were people there who were like watching to see what I was saying. Mm-hmm. And I also did like a conference check-in before to say like, 
do you plan to watch it live or do you plan to read it later or do you like are you going to be with people that you feel close to that you trust that feel safe to like mourn with you if you're mourning um or rejoice if it's a good talk so i had like a pretty good idea as well going in like the different perspectives people had if like if they were and a lot of people are like we're waiting to see what you say and literally would say this to me and i wasn't sure like because i already said like i knew I had a really, really good idea exactly what would be said. And like, I posted a thing before of like, I'm expecting this, I'm not expecting this. And like, to the letter, like the things I expected happened and the things I didn't expect to not happen. Um, so I was surprised like by how hurt I still felt, like knowing that these were the things that would be said. So I've like tried so hard to prepare. And I also felt this like weight. And I think Rosie Card felt this too, that like we'd have these conversations, like should we tell people the things we've been told? Like how public should we be? But we felt like we were grateful to have the heads up mm-hmm. to prepare for this. So we decided to share um, some of the knowledge we were getting as well. But like um, Richie, you mentioned like rumors, but for me, like it never felt like rumors because mm-hmm. I was getting lots of messages um, that things were happening, like yeah. hundreds of messages, which like for me is a lot. So mm-hmm. I, um, it didn't feel like a rumor. It felt like it was happening. It unfolded exactly like I thought. Um, but I wasn't sure what my response would be. Like, I didn't know if I'd feel up to saying something, if I'd want to say something. But in the end, like, when I, when conference used to be easy for me, that I only loved all of it, I loved the fact that it was together. Like, I loved that, like, wherever I was living away from my family or my friends, like, we were watching the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so even this time that was harder for me, um, that community aspect still felt really important, especially because I live in China, literally away from, like, any of my family or like LDS friends that I'm close to. I do have one LDS neighbor who I think knew the day would be hard and he made dinner for my family oh. that night, which was like very, very nice. Um, and he didn't say he was doing it for that, but he did like that day. He's like, I want to bring you dinner today. And then he did. Um, so he's like one of the people in China that like knew the only one probably. Um, but I ended up doing like an Instagram live, which I'm not an influencer. It's like not in, I have another project that has more followers. So that's not an influencer project either. But I like, no, but recently- Rachel, everyone that follows you are influencers. So whatever you do, that's they really like nice. distribute. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. So like, so I'm not used to doing like a live Instagram. Like I don't even have like any tool to like hold my phone. It's just like, I, it's not like a great situation. But I decided to just like read something I wrote literally in 2013. When I was at Claremont Graduate University, it was just like a talk, like a like an academic paper on like why um, I think Latter Day Saints need a Heavenly Mother. Started with like feminist theologians from the Catholic Church saying like they also want a divine feminine, but like we're the ones who say God has a body. We're the ones who say gender is eternal. Like we have a different need. Um, but it, but I was like, it just was kind of a reminder to me like why this is even important to me. And I had like expressions from the blogger Nacle at that time. But it's like an old article, but I just wanted to read it and remember for myself. And then I was like, if people want to listen to me read this whole thing, I was like, we can chat about it. Like we can talk about, because it talks about the history then of like the excommunications before and like why I was nervous about this talk happening now. And it did follow two of the three patterns that it started in private training meetings and it became a general conference talk. Mm -hmm. So I was like, and it was so nice. Like I still, like I thought I would cry. So I'm like, I probably will cry. And I did cry. But it did feel good for me not to be crying by myself and even to have like other people checking in and saying like, to say like, how are you guys doing? It's like, I feel sad or I feel numb or I still feel angry. But like none of these are like feelings we want to sit with forever. But I think to just like let ourselves feel what we felt and like be there together was like really, really a good moment. 
Um, so that like, so I, I didn't have a plan. Like I wasn't like, I'm going to hear this talk and feel this way and do this, but that's what ended up happening. And I was really grateful for those moments. I want to take a quick second and let people know that if they're watching, you can go ahead and leave comments. Uh, they can be questions for one of the four of us. You're more than welcome to do that. If there's a particular part of a general conference that struck you, uh, I'll read those comments and your name associated unless you tell me not to share your name. But I don't know why you would do that, because if you post a comment, your name will come up and everyone will know you made the comment anyway. Whatever. Uh, if you don't want me to read your name, that's perfectly fine. Um, do you know... Um Oh, I just interrupted you. No, you're fine. Go for it, Al. <laughs> I was just thinking, Rachel, when you first hopped on, you said your favorite talks were the ones that were about Jesus. And I think one of yeah, the most... In- I feel the same yes. I think one of the most important things is wherever anyone is with their feelings or with, you know, I think the biggest thing is if we want more more peace and fulfillment and, and management with whatever... Like that is absolutely still going to come from Jesus. Like any upliftment that we felt, even in the midst of trauma or pain or confusion, like it all is brought to him. So if you are if you are dealing with hurt and trauma and, and pain and loneliness, um, then then to seek out more more Jesus. What do you think, Mally? Yeah. Do, Mally, do we need more Jesus? Always. Always. I do. I do think that was great. You know, like get, get back to the root of it all. Now, now let me ask you, uh, Mally, when we're talking about uh, heavenly mother and, and you kind of are in the same situation that I am in being a gentleman, uh, when, when you hear the talk and, and it occurs in the women's session of conference, we all unfortunately know that there are, there's a large population of the church that doesn't pay attention to the women's session of general conference or that kind of unfortunately puts it on a lower tier or says, that's not for me. That's why it's called the women's session. What, first of all, how do you feel about any of that, Molly? And then uh, when, when the subject of a heavenly mother is brought up to you, are you like, hold on, let me share with you what I know, or I don't know. Let, pontificate I, for a moment. I just don't know much about it. And so I hate that I know so little because I'm like, I, I don't know what I can add to this conversation. Cause I'm like, heavenly mother. I'm like, why didn't I, I don't, I think I heard the first thing of that. Like, a few months ago. Yeah. Like, so somehow I've missed those conversations in life. Literally, I was talking about something and on a podcast and then somebody messaged me on Instagram. I was like, Hey, I think it would be great if you also integrated Heavenly Mother into what you're saying. And I'm like, Oh, can you send me stuff? Cause I don't even know what you're talking about. So I yeah. know so little, but I love it. The, you know, the more information more I can learn, the better. <laughs> so uh, I'm a baby. Even if you did the talk yesterday, that would have been so good. Just to say, I don't know very I much. I want to learn more. Like, yeah, that would have been a great talk. I could have been okay with that one. But it is yeah. interesting that women have this longing and this pull, you know, and then, I don't know. Richie, you said you had Martin Toledo on recently, like just uh-huh. this week, or like, uh-huh. Um, he has a quote, he literally said it like over a decade ago that I've never forgotten, but he just said, can sons not also long for their mother? So when I became a mother to a son, and like, he would also cry for me and also need me, like, we just like solidified so much what Martin had said, like, sons also need their mother. Like, I do think that women um, created it like more directly in her image. Like, we have a specific need, I think. But I do think, like, I know other men who've read my poetry books and who've, like, told me that it's been important to them. So 
so I do, I do think that she's the mother to all of us, right? Like, so it doesn't matter, or, um, it doesn't matter those details as much. Yeah. Let, so let me say this, uh, Mally, one thing that I would tell you, Rachel has a great book called Mother's Milk uh, that you should check out. Uh, that would <laughs> Read be up place, on it. That would, that, would be, that would be one place where I would go. But here is what I love about what we do here in the cultural hall and what I love about you, Al, and you, Rachel, and also you, Mally, as well, is that in some circles, and we all know this because we've been on an end of this that is not fun to be on, People will just go after you. Like, you know, Rachel, you could have just said, I can't believe you, Mal. You wouldn't think about a heavenly mother and how dare you. And then, and that, and you wouldn't. That's not how you are. I'm, doing, I'm a very nice person. Yeah. And that's not who you are. But I think that it's important for people to be able to feel safe. And this is expanded beyond the heavenly mother conversation to all conversations that we need to be able to say, you know, hey, you know, I haven't concerned, I, I haven't you know, thought about that very much in a similar way, like uh, a lot of Mally's work right now with just directing green flake. If you guys haven't seen that movie, check that movie out. It's unreal. I know that this summer, is it this summer that we're putting the monument up at this is a place July 22nd, right? Which is huge. uh, A a monument dedicated to black pioneers at this is a place, a heritage park up in, up by the mouth of Immigration Canyon. And if Al said to you, Mally, oh, I didn't even think there were black pioneers, you'd be like, <laughs> what? <laughs> but you no. wouldn't, but you yeah. would not say, you, you idiot, I can't believe you, learn yeah. your church, anything like that. You yeah. take that opportunity to go, okay, this is an opportunity to grow and to learn. And now that you have more, th- you know, this much more knowledge, you can have a little bit more knowledge and a little bit more. And that's how we grow. But that is not how everybody is doing it. And and makes me sad. I mean, look no further than the Twitterverse this weekend. That There's a lot of people just shouting in all capital letters at each other. And I don't think we're going to take away on any of these things that we may disagree with any better if we don't lowercase some of our letters and just start talking to people a little bit more. Listening, I guess, really, just listening to what people have to say. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And I think that what's what's interesting for me is I, I I realized since really since like post George Floyd, I've been so narrowed in on my group, my race, and our plight and equality and all of these things that it, it wasn't until I'm there protesting with mostly people who don't look like me that I'm like, oh, I don't even know much about what you're going through. And I don't, like the, with the border and, and, and the LGBTQ community, like, I know so little about so much. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it was really eye-opening to me. And, and so it was humbling to me to see people that didn't look like me that were invested into what is not affecting them directly. And so I love the opportunity to learn more like with Heavenly Mother and everything else because there's so much... Um, that everybody is going through on their own in their own life. And if we can just learn a little bit more, I think the education is going to help empathy across the board. I think, um, Oh my gosh, people, so so many people hate me, you know, and you know, (laughs) the people just hate me. And, and, uh, like, so I, like the same tweet that I do can have someone calling me apostate. And they're like, I, I've gotten lots of messages of speaking like leave the church, but like from uh, lots of sides, like yeah. people that have left the church yes. and then people who are members of the church yes. that I should. 
Yes. And I, yes, yes. And I mean, some of the most brutal things that have ever been done and said to me have been from active members telling me that I should straight up kill myself. And, and a lot of the people who unfollowed me and blocked me and write, people have podcasts against me. And a lot of the things that were being said are things that I am on their side with, but what I articulated was was not the best way and it was just skewed. So a lot of the things that people hate me for are actually things that I'm on their side with. And it's just, things were so bad last year because something I said was articulated not properly. And, and I mean, um, the U.S. congressman, Utah congressman had called me on his own cell phone to check in to see if I was okay. That's how bad people were coming against me. And it was all just confusion. Like what people were mad about was like the point I was actually trying to make in their favor. And it's a mess. And and so I have been writing and public speaking for 11, 12 years now. And what I've learned is, yes, what Rachel said, like there is this deep like need um, for community. People are desperate for community and and what I have learned to be most productive in bringing people together with all of these different feelings and viewpoints and, and hurt is um, people can find community and love and understanding when we tune in on uh, to feelings because we all feel the same. You know, like you have been hurt, you have been judged, you have felt so pushed to the side and alone. And and I my my differences are are huge, but I have also felt that. And so if we can write about that and if we can talk about those things, then that gap of our viewpoints, they they're they're almost in the weeds. Um, because we can we can build community and help people when we see ourselves in their feelings. Does that make sense? So when I try yeah. and write, I don't ever want to say, this is how I see things. This is, you know, this is the one thing, or it's just like, if you're struggling, you're struggling with heavenly mother and you're struggling with race and you're struggling with this. It's like, well, I can write about how I recognize God when I pray to him and that will bring all of us together. You know, I can write about the times where he's come to me in dark times in new ways. And that will bring all of us together and bring us all back to to God, who is someone who is who is good. He is good even when our situation is not. And so if I can bring people back to Jesus, even when I don't have those answers, then I know that they can feel good um, even when their situation is not, and we can find community and understanding when we can see ourselves in their feelings because we're not alone in those. Yeah. I did a quick check, uh, not in scriptures or in hymnals. Does it ever have Jesus say, don't follow me or, Hey, stop, <laughs> just stay right there. I don't need you or, you know, get out of here. Like it's not, a, it's not a thing. That is, that is a thing whenever I see it online where it's like, why don't you just leave the church that I'm like, cool, cool, cool. Is that Christian value? I don't want to. Yeah, <laughs> you can't just walk away from a God who is yours. Who is yeah. anyone to tell you that God is not your father? You can't just abandon that. You know what yeah. I mean? That's your Unreal. being. Unreal. <laughs> I want to share a couple comments that have come in while we've been talking. Uh, one, Robin wants to know, how do we get a copy or view Green Flake at this point, Mally? Yeah, uh, you can get the DVD at Desert Bookstores. Um, I, I believe they now have their streaming platform up and going too. So if you go to DeseretBook.com, then you can kind of navigate from there. But it's in the stores, the DVD. 
Nice, because there was a millennial who wrote a comment who said, Mally, what is a DVD? Uh, so yeah, know, maybe right. we can find out what that is <laughs> and we can, That's so messed we can up. send that to person. Uh, Robin also says, there are many that are with you, Al. I always feel uplifted by you. So she wants to let you to let you know that you're not alone. Uh, one thing about the women's session that was, uh, that was cool. I thought is that president Bingham conducted the meeting and that they made the particular point of saying that it was a session of general conference and to address the sisters of the church, especially for this particular session. So I feel like we focused a lot of time uh, within that particular session, but um, yeah, a lot being said and, and much more to be said about it as well. Hi friends, Dan the Laptop Man here from PC Laptops with breaking news. Windows 11 is now here. It's fast and it's beautiful. So let's make sure your computer's ready to run it. Bring your PC into any PC Laptops right now at PCLaptops.com. PCLaptops.com. BestDJinUtah.com. Won't you please go? That is if you are in the market for a DJ. Now, I haven't done a new one of these ads for a little bit. And I have to tell you, it's been pretty cool. I've been able to do some events for some lifers or converts here in the cultural hall. Uh, got to do a wedding back in, what was that, February now? Is that what? Man, this year is flying by. Anyway, if you'd like to uh, be able to party with me, that's some offer. You can go to bestdjinutah.com. We talk about how me being able to be at your event, playing music, coordinating things, keeping an eye on the clock, all of this stuff might make your event go better. I do a lot of weddings, but I can also do birthday parties. We can just hang out and listen to music if you want as well. Uh, but you can't do any of it if you don't hop online and go to Best djinutah.com there's a form there that lets me know a little bit more about your event and then who knows who knows we could be partying together very soon go to bestdjinutah.com imagine running a small business today it's challenging imaging and internet presence is an absolute must even with that you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe now imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients imagine Lennon Design whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. Uh, as we talk about maybe either earlier on Saturday, I know, uh, Al, you said that you didn't really get the opportunity to watch, and Rachel, with being in Saturday's China. The day, Saturdays are the day that I was able to watch, just not live, except okay. for the I just session, didn't watch I the women's, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I, I was able to go back in here all of Saturday morning, all of Saturday afternoon. But like, anything that happened on the Sunday, I have no idea, because I was asleep. Well, uh, so just so you know, Rachel... We have to head to Missouri. I'm sorry that you missed that. That announcement was made uh, this afternoon. We're ready. We're yeah. ready to go. Yeah, it's time. That's a heck of a handcart pull from China. Yes, but... so far. Thanks for the thanks for all this. But but start now, and I'll save I'll save a plot for you. How does that sound? You get you get your own uh, ten by ten or whatever we get. Um, I I think it's worth noting because probably the most talked about thing is the temples and the temple announcements from general you, think that was a lot. you mentioned 17 is that a real number yes or is that yeah. like, okay i wasn't sure if it was like exaggerated like excited but it's like literally 17 nope literally 17 and one, and, one was in cleveland ohio and one was in cleveland ohio yeah um 
So a couple things about it. One, it's interesting that it was 17. Uh, and uh, again, people, if you have experience or you know maybe where the temple is going to be, you can drop those in the comments or any comments are welcome while we're talking. Um, 17 temples announced by President Nelson means that he has announced in his presidency 100 temples in the time that he's been the prophet of the church. So some people were like, is that coincidence? And I'm like, no, I can, I can see him being just obsessive enough. I get that. Like, I want a good even round number. <laughs> I'd be like, you bet, 100. Let's, let's get to that 100. Um, but uh, the other locations, aside from Cleveland, Ohio, is Montpelier, Idaho, to which I know a lot of people were like, huh? I don't even know where that is. It's, um, it's about an hour, a little less than an hour north of Bear Lake in that part of Idaho. Um, so small town, probably going to be one of the smaller temples. Um, Missoula, Montana is another one. Um, Modesto, California, Austin, Texas. And one of my favorite things is if you've ever been to Austin, Texas, uh, <laughs> there are, uh, there are, um, meme renderings of the Austin temple. It's people obviously being funny, but the architecture in Austin is kind of strange and, and different and a little bit weird. And so people are speculating what the Austin temple will look like. And I appreciate a good architecture temple joke. So way to go Austin and keeping it weird. Uh, Wichita, Kansas, uh, Cleveland, Ohio, which I mentioned, of course, uh, Knoxville, Tennessee, which is interesting because that's a, a state with now another temple because uh, I think you have the Nashville Temple and now a Knoxville Temple. They're about four hours from each other, but having the opportunity for the Saints there. Uh, Tampa, Florida is another place. Mexico City, Benamarito, Mexico, which I also appreciated. And did you guys notice this? I know, Rachel, you haven't seen it yet. But did you notice that uh, President Nelson did a little bit of a a little bit of an accent? He's <laughs> fluent in Spanish, but when he announced the Benamarito, he... He threw in a little rolling of the R as he announced it, and I appreciated that. Um, nobody? I, re I, re I recognize the effort. I recognize the effort. <laughs> Not spot on, but pretty close. I'm uh, glad that it brought you joy. I'm glad you noticed it. <laughs> uh, San Luis Potosi. I'm not saying that right, I'm sure. Mexico, another temple. Uh, Cusco, Peru. Uh, Santos, Brazil. Uh, Macio. Brazil, so two in Brazil, just in this one general conference. Uh, Birmingham in the United Kingdom. Wasn't there two Mexicos? Uh, yeah, the Mexico City Benemarito oh, and yeah. the San Luis Potosi. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, Barcelona. Just get through the list, Rich. Come on. I'm, go I'm going. I'm going. Barcelona, <laughs> Spain. Uh, Brazzaville in the Republic of the Congo, which I know some people will have the discussion, and that's a different place than the Democratic Republic of Congo, different country. So I think it was last general conference that there was one that was announced in the Democratic Republic of Congo. It's a different country altogether. Um, so that, and then Wellington, New Zealand, which, are you guys ready? Let's, let's play a little fun game, which I always like to do and no one ever thinks is fun. How many temples does that then make that are either announced, underway, or functioning within the church? Anyone? Okay, now you have to guess. This is like the candy in the jar. Throw out numbers. Al, you first. Go. What? Pick a number. Uh, I don't know. 400. Nope, not 400. <laughs> Rachel. I guess it's 200. Okay. Nope, not 200. Mally? 242. 282 temples of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. 
Jessica well, in the comments guessed 205, 282 temples. It's also interesting to note that there was not a temple that was announced uh, here in the uh, state of Utah. That's the first time in a good long time. Although there was a lot of speculation, and I'll tell you what, there's going to have to be a Harriman, Utah temple. That's the southwest part of the Salt Lake Valley. The Ochre Mountain Temple inundated with folks, and they're just continuing to build out there. Plus, I said a second temple in the uh, Las Vegas Valley, and I think that will come on board maybe with the next general conference. Who knows? Who knows? Um, I have a question. Yeah. And so I didn't, re- so I, I don't see, I'm not like an influencer. I'm just like, did a movie and I'm trying to get something done. It's how I feel, right? <laughs> just a movie star. No, no, yeah. no, no. But so, so when you guys were talking about like the, like saying something and then there's arguments about what you said and whatever else, I am a selfish social media person. So usually if I post something, I post it and I'm out. I don't ever read anything. I don't ever. So is that the way it is? Like if somebody just, post something, then it goes into mayhem. You have to think about what you're saying, about what you feel on everything. I I always have to sit with my feelings to get a good set of my articulation. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Rachel? I don't have it as many followers. So I like, I definitely think about what I say, but I don't think I have to think about it to the extent as well. I'm even like on Twitter, I have, like I regularly have people call me apostates on Twitter but it like on Instagram like everyone is really nice to me there and like even on Twitter most people are very nice to me so I have not had the same experiences like the same level because I'm just not as known and in this like I think like probably I was just having lots and lots of notifications but for me this is like a new thing where I like where I cannot read every single thing people write but I usually used to try to but usually because it would be like my friends or it'd be like people that I like to have conversations with so it's the first time that like more like strangers are having these conversations or even like like on Twitter it's like people that maybe I, I don't know in person but I've like been on Twitter long enough that there are people that I feel close to there too so even like more people being part of the conversations is newer for me but it's like a different level like I I don't know so I'm somewhere in between yeah, as a writer, I always check it out right within its first post because I want to make sure I worded it in a way that it's not confusing. Or if someone has a question, I can like edit it so I can like answer that. And then I usually just leave it and I don't have notifications on with, with anything. But if something goes wrong and I try to avoid it, if something gets misunderstood, no matter what I do, it'll pop up. I'm tagged. I'm tagged, and I'm thrown under the bus. And yeah, the podcasts are out against me. And they're are you controversial? No, I don't feel like I am. Like I said, my my one purpose is to bring people to to Jesus. Whatever you're feeling, bring it. You know, here's how you can understand him more. Here's how you can feel him in new ways. I that's what I I I try to do. I try so hard. I don't ever talk about specifics. Like I. I, I don't have the courage to talk about Heavenly Mother in specific detail because I know that people are like, well, the prophet said this and the apostle said that. And then other people are like, yeah, but because to me, that's divisive. So if I want to talk about Heavenly Mother, I would have to do it in a way and my, my brain goes in a way that I can bring everyone together on it. And, and I don't so, have this at all. I don't do that at all. I just like I just write whatever I want to write. But, but like... But my goal is my goal is different. Like so that's another I want to bring people away from Christ. But like Right. Like, a lot of especially because like 
it's like heavenly mother topic is a weird place for me because like this i teach so for people who don't know i teach philosophy and i teach religion at a university um and my like background is in philosophy of religion and theology like specifically feminist theology and like specifically within mormonism my first book mm. was with oxford university press with joanna brooks and hannah wheelwright literally called mormon feminism so like I have been researching Heavenly Mother for 14 years, and at first I was paid by BYU to do it for what became the BYU Studies article. So even like, I've even seen people that I like and respect, like posting about the Heavenly Mother talk before it happened, that they're like, oh, well, I'm my own authority, so it doesn't matter what the church leader says, like, I still will do what I'm going to do. But they're just like, I don't think we should be that affected by it. But I just feel like this is literally 14 years of my like professional research and like life but like, it's hard for me to even give an academic talk about it as like the history of Heavenly Mother and Mormonism because I will cry because mm. it affects me both like professionally and personally. And yeah. um, so like, but a lot of my goals, like when I talk about Heavenly Mother is both like my poems are like a different where they are more devotional or like kind of my own feelings about Heavenly Mother and my own experiences. But like my academic work is like, is different what I am like usually trying to inform or like even like share the history and even share the, the sad histories, like excommunications or previous talks that were kind of like this one. So like, I'm not like necessarily trying to divide, but I'm trying to inform. So like, yeah. I am very specific in the things that yeah. I say. And yeah. I like, and so I'm like, I'm really thoughtful in what I say, but I'm never, I'm not afraid to say the things that I need to be said and not saying that you're afraid either, but you have a different audience and different purpose. It, I do it differently because I don't want to talk about other people and other groups. So if I want to talk about something specific, I use it with me and my own experiences yeah. because I talk very openly about the times I yell at God and I'm mad at, like, I'm very specific about those. But once I start getting into, cause I, I don't ever want anyone to feel that their feelings are wrong or that their feelings are invalid. And so I would either use, because right now my, all of my studies, my whole life's dedication is writing a new Testament book, sun up, sun down. I am like cannonballed into history and culture of biblical times. And so I will either turn it always towards me and the times that I'm struggling in great detail. Um, or I, I, yeah, like turn it to those feelings and Jesus, um, and, and Bible, but yeah, I'll throw myself under the bus anytime, as long as I don't take other people down with me. <laughs> what do you think about that, Mally? Um, gosh, I, 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 I feel like either I'm sorry that you have to like, <laughs> like that's a lot, and, and, you know, especially when you just want to share, you know, and then the other part is like, maybe I should be more careful because I, I just kind of just go, you know, and um, but I, I really appreciate the sensitivity that you have in it. Um, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't do that. And, but I, but I love that you do. So, Yeah. I honestly think lots of approaches are needed. Like, not just about this, like, one topic, but I, like, I have to sort of just, like, everyone's approach together. And I think it's, like, great that people have different ways that they do things. It's one of the things, you know, recently um, within the, the cultural hall that I, I had a guest or two where people are like, why did you have that person on? If you guys uh, saw that there was a documentary where the, the and I use documentary in sort of in air quotes, uh, this guy is purporting that um, the martyrdom of Joseph Smith was an inside job. 
that it was John Taylor from the jail cell who shot Joseph Smith, right? And everyone, like what Mally and what Rachel's face just dictated, which was like, <laughs> what the... But I, but I wanted to be able to, to hear why this guy feels passionate. He has now found himself not in the church because of this. They said, hey, don't stop doing this or you're going to be excommunicated and was excommunicated. And, and to me, I, like, I, I, I don't feel like there's anything that I could do, Al or Rachel or Mally, that, that would make you change what you do, right? You get to choose for yourself, whatever that thing may be. Um, I don't think that I have that power to make you make a different choice. And so for me, like, I just love, I mean, that guy sacrificed everything, everything as far as his church membership and every, and and a lot of money and all that. And, and why it was that he felt so powerful. And so then people started rallying around and being like, you're giving this guy a platform to be able to speak his nonsense. And this is completely ridiculous. And I'm like, hold on. This has always been a place where we say, we're going to talk about it. And maybe you'll agree, and maybe you won't agree, and maybe you'll have things in common, and maybe you won't have things in common. But but you can listen to someone who doesn't agree with you, and you don't have to tell them to leave the church, or that they're apostate, or why don't you just, you know, go to a different school, start a new religion, blah, 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 all of those things. Like, we have to be better about being like, huh. I hear the thing that you say and I appreciate you for the thing that you've said. And then I can make a choice around whatever the, <laughs> the details of the things that you say, instead of being like, I'm going to start a Twitter campaign and then we're going to talk to the folks at Deseret book and they're going to take the DVD, whatever a DVD is out of the stores. And we're not going to sell those anymore. And, you know, I'm just teasing you. I'm just giving you a hard time. Let's do the opposite of that and say, thank you so much for having this. Yeah. Let's all write them. Link them. Um, so let's see here, uh, a question from Lindsay and I'm, I'm going to give you kind of a, a time limit cause I think we're probably going to visit again. Uh, Rachel, I hope to anyway, as we, yeah, as the I'm conversation will continue, uh, to do this, but, um, Lindsay has a question wherein she quotes, truth is reason. Truth eternal tells me I have a mother there. That line obviously famously from, Oh, my father versus what, uh, elder Renlund said, which is reason cannot replace revelation. Um, can you share any thoughts about this? Because I'm feeling like these don't necessarily jive. So this, yeah. This, so what is my ti- what is my time limit? I I'm gonna give you a minute and a half and okay. go. Okay, cut me off when you need to. Um, so this was one of the parts that I knew that he was going to say beforehand because there were two videos like leaked before of TikTok videos, um, from recent things he said, like Q and A's with people. So I had had time to think about this and like. First, I don't feel the same way that Elder Renland seems to feel about this, like specifically on this issue when this is how Liza said she knew. So for me, like I started to think like, was this intentional? Did he say it on purpose? Because he is attacking at the root. Well, Eliza's hem is not the first thing we have on Heavenly Mother, but it's usually the one that people think is first. W.W. Phelps actually had two hymns published before. From both of those called Heavenly Mother, the Queen of Heaven. One of them was titled, like, Voice from the Prophet Come to Me, saying that Joseph Smith taught it to him. Um, but to say, like, reason is not revelation, like, when Eliza literally says, like, truth is reason, truth eternal, tells me of the mother there. And um, then I just think of, like, all the scriptures of, like, like, in Doctrine and Covenants, it talks about, like, in your mind and in your heart, you'll know this. So I think about, 
Um, like Wilfred Woodruff called Eliza Arsenault's him a revelation. So he was a prophet of the church. He called it a revelation. But he added this like funny line, like though it was given unto us by a woman. So like a prophet called Eliza's him revelation, though she got it by reason. Gordon B. Hinckley, even in his talk that I don't like in 1991, when he says women shouldn't pray to Heavenly Mother, he literally says logic and reason. Tell him like he he like Eliza gets it from reason. So logic tells me this, like I certainly like it fits well with me, I accept it. So like we have lots of people even on this issue, like saying that reason was revelation. Um so I feel nervous that he may have specifically been trying to discount Eliza's um way because she also was praying to Heavenly Mother. Her original title was invocation, original father and mother. Um, she has another poem that's like very, very clear. She's praying to Heavenly Mother. So it's like maybe if she is like critiquing at the root this hymn, which like I hope is not what he's doing, but to be discounting that like she thinks it's okay to pray. Um, so I like I just don't think I don't feel the same way. Yeah. Um, I think there's lots of evidence that reason is revelation and can be like Go thinking ahead. out in our mind and heart. So I yeah we'll obviously we'll we'll uh yeah, we'll come back. time have a much longer conversation but I appreciate Lindsay dropping that question in yeah and thank you like, Lindsay uh oh we got Al back maybe we lost her signal welcome back Al I don't know where you went did you have to get a drink is that what happened it just decked out I don't know what happened were you going to look up what a DVD was that's what she was <laughs> I'm just I'm just guy this guy no but if I do leave my battery's on 10 percent so what no, that's... got much juice left and it's like 10 it's past my bedtime yeah so no, we, we're hanging we're, on we're, a little yeah bit. we'll only go a couple more minutes uh I want to say um a huge thanks to you guys I didn't know how this was gonna go uh we're connecting literally the world with Rachel and in China and then uh, Al in New York and Malu in California and me, I'm staying here right in Salt Lake. You can't get rid of me even when my house gets robbed and several thousands oh, of dollars of things get so, stolen. So, so help me. Um, I thought you were Stephen Caparius. I thought he was going to be with us. He he was going to be with us. And uh, earlier today, he said, you know what? I'm just not going to be able to make it tonight. So okay. we'll, we'll catch him. He and I are going to be doing a, a future solo episode, just he and I. So I look forward to that okay. conversation. Um, you all have such cool things going on that I want to leave the remainder of the time. Like I know you've got the the monument and the DVD, Molly. You've got the children, a children's book too, right, Al? I want to make sure that you tell people about that. And then, Rachel, you were the, the top of some list the other day, I want to say. I saw that out on the uh, internet. Do you know what I'm talking about? I actually do not know. Oh, I'll send you the, the <laughs> screenshot for uh, LDS Books. Oh, oh yeah. I bet, yeah, this is a really nice thing. Like, the weeks that um, the Heavenly Mother stuff was, like, knowing that there are these leadership trainings discouraging talk of Heavenly Mother. Both um, Mother's Milk and I Gave Her a Name were number one and number two in Mormonism, like bestsellers on Amazon. Huge. And like both of them cracked like the thousand, top thousand books in all of Amazon. So it was like very, very supported. Yeah. And so yeah. that's the that's the title of those two books. We'll put that link in the show notes so people, if they want to check that out Thank and learn you. a little bit more. You can also find uh, the episode that I did with Rachel. I think it was like back in the 200s. It was Mormon, and- it was Mormon feminism. So it was and- about that book. Do you know how long ago it was, though? Because it's got to be... It has be... to be like 2015. Yeah, That's yeah several years. Um, so we'll leave a link for that as well. Uh, Mally, you got the uh, you got the uh, the uh, DVD, the movie the available, and then also the monument. Tell people how they can support you. Yeah. Um, you know, watch the movie. 
So you go to Desert Book, you got buy the DVD, and then you find Richie and you throw it at him. <laughs> and that's what that's what you're gonna do. <laughs> but so basically, July 22nd is gonna be the dedication of this monument that uh, celebrates, honors, remembers uh, enslaved and free black pioneers. So all of the money from people who saw the movie goes towards building the monument, which is super cool. So that's that. It- this is the point in this conversation where I go, did I make one too many DVD <laughs> jokes and he's kind of mad or is it all in good fun? Uh, uh, now, on the 22nd, I've got to imagine that there's going to be a celebration. If people haven't made the connection, the very famous Bonner family oh. is is who his family is. So are we musically celebrating? How are we doing? Yeah, well, the, the dedicate we'll figure out the details because the dedication is going to be like an invite thing, you know, so probably one of the apostles will speak at the dedication in the morning, but then there's going to be like this concert in the evening. But to your point, Rachel, it is Pioneer Day weekend, you know. So yeah, the 24th, so two days later. Mm-hmm. So on the 22nd is that's when... Really good timing. Mm-hmm. 22nd is yeah. when Green Flake and that Vanguard company came through Immigration Canyon. So it's the 175th anniversary to the day of when so they came through. Yeah, super special. So special. Do do you know will it be closed invitation, Mally, or is it, are you hoping I, to have it be open? I think it's I think it's going to be closed, but I, I got to tell them there needs to be an overflow room because there's people who are flying in from like out of the country for it, you know. So it has to be able to you know house people. So yeah, you let me know. I'll uh, I'll be the assistant to you that whatever you need me to do th- to be able to be there that day. I'll carry a backpack full of DVDs. We can chill on the side if you need whatever whatever. You know, you're my ride or die. You're my ride or is, die. Baby. Day there one. And then I'll tell people a children's book. I was surprised to see that. Oh, oh, yeah. I got so many things. So I have three books coming out this year. One's about the New Testament. One's a connection with, like, John, by the way, and a few others. And then I had a children's book that just, it's on pre-order right now. It's coming out in August. But it hit number one on Amazon in nine different categories. So number one, family. Uh, number one, children's. Number one, literature and literature fiction. Religion, fiction, emotions and feelings, whatever category that is, I'm number one in it. Um, uh, and then out of, I hit number six in all of Amazon this weekend. So they do wow. like, yeah, like the top 100, not just new releases, but books in general, like out of all the books Amazon offers, which is what, like, I don't know how many books seven. are sold on Amazon, There's but yeah, I reached number available. six yeah. out of all of that. And so I don't know what's going on with my pre-orders, but I am just elated. I, I am elated because I put so much work into everything and I feel like I don't ever see fruit from any of my efforts. So this is kind of a fun little weekend. And yeah, I'm doing like a cruise this weekend or this year and yeah, three books and which is I've, funny because I've I've, I feel like I'm in my own little world. I mean, you're in China, so I can't even imagine. But like in New York, I just I feel was, like I'm I'm in this little island that people forget can about I, me. Can I ask what ward you're in? Ward. Um, and I'm in Rochester. Or like just like what area? First. Okay. Rochester. I lived in New York and Brooklyn, like so briefly. Oh yeah, so I'm upstate yeah. by like Canadian. Oh okay. And, Got it. Uh, okay. Sacred Grove. Sacred Grove is like a half hour from okay. my house. Okay. NBD, yeah. no big deal. Sacred Grove. God well, and Jesus know, I, came there, just right up the road. No big deal. So nonchalant about that. Yeah, the restoration of the church, just right there. No big deal. And I grew up not knowing it was there because this is where I'm from. I'm from New York, but I didn't know. I didn't know about any of this stuff till after. Yeah. I, yeah. 
we, we didn't take a whole lot of time getting to know each of you guys on a personal level. Each of you have been in the Cultural Hall before, so I'll uh, leave links to those episodes so people can get to know more about you personally and individually. Thank you guys, you. this has been amazing. Uh, I'm glad to be able to unite all of us from across the world. I hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body, that if you're not healthy enough to listen this week, that you'll be healthy enough to listen next week, and that when the time comes, you'll be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, Brother Brent, Rick McGee, Debbie Wanless, Chocolate Cake Bites Podcast, and Miracles, I told you so, we'll be saving a seat for you on the back row of the Cultural Hall. And I'm about to click a button that if this makes us all go goodbye, I'm sorry. I'm hoping that we can still talk offline after I click this button, but we'll see. Here we go. Save me a seat. It's sure to be neat on the back.